It's Friday, March 11th, and you're listening to Insight by Spectacles. Today, the pork is back in town. Congress is reviving pork barrel politics. By allowing legislators to bring home big projects, it could rejuvenate Congress. Or corruption. On Wednesday, the House of Representatives passed a $1.5 trillion discretionary federal budget. That excludes the bigger set of non-negotiable items like Social Security and Medicare. Before I hit the real topic of this piece, pork, there are a couple funny or intriguing Easter eggs in the bill worth mentioning. For one, President Biden gets 25% more funding for a border wall than President Trump got from a Republican-controlled House in 2018. $2 billion compared to 1.6. That's also 25% more than the $1.6 billion allotted for promoting freedom and open markets in the Indo-Pacific, despite big promises from Biden's administration to prioritize the region. Of course, that pivot is being bogged down by Vladimir Putin, who also helped raise $13.6 billion for Ukraine. Still, the reintroduction of member-directed spending, or earmarks, stands out above all else. Earmarking is the process of funding projects in legislators' home districts, bridges, community centers, highways, etc., as a political reward. Since 2011, there's been a ban on so-called pork barrel politics, making this its first appearance in over a decade. Some are very excited about the comeback, such as CNN's Chris Saliza, who referred to pork as Congress's quote-unquote secret weapon to get things done. According to him, earmarks incentivize party discipline. Maybe Joe Manchin would support green energy if West Virginia saw some new infrastructure projects. It could also promote bipartisanship for similar reasons. Why couldn't a few Romneys or Murkowskis be bought with new community investments in their states? It's not all roses, though. Back in 2011, there was bipartisan support for banning earmarks, largely because they appeared to enable corruption and wasteful spending, such as Alaska's infamous $400 million bridge to nowhere. Today, many are still opposed to Pork's return, either because it seems corrupt or pointless. After all, they say, our hyper-polarized politics are no longer locally oriented, and campaign finance will still dominate legislative incentives anyways. I've got some thoughts on this situation, given the current state of American democracy. First of all, it's ridiculous to say that we shouldn't pursue congressional reform because it won't be as effective as, say, repealing Citizens United and totally overhauling our campaign finance regime. I mean, duh. However, as our legislature continues to erode democracy by habitually deferring decision-making to the less accountable courts and executive, doing anything to promote an active Congress is good. Legislators are lazy because if legislation won't deliver to their constituents and directly help guarantee their re-election, it's generally safer to do nothing at all. Pork could indeed help break those perverse incentives. What's more, claims that this won't be very effective because politics is no longer local are confused. Part of the reason for the nationalization of politics may well be that without pork, There was no reason to think of politics as local. Why would someone care about a legislator's local track record 
if there's no way for them to develop one. Lastly, if I'm given the choice between, one, some petty corruption that could induce more bipartisanship and more legislative activity, or two, a quote-unquote squeaky-clean Congress full of hyper-polarized dramatists because parties have no real way to discipline their members or induce cooperation, then I'll take a bit of quote-unquote corruption every day. I hardly think it's corruption anyways for legislators to try to win benefits for their constituents. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how representative democracy was supposed to work all along. That's all for today. If you enjoyed, please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter or TikTok or subscribe to our email newsletter. Got thoughts? Leave a comment on spectacles.news. If you'd like to hear more conversational podcasts, check out Spectacles in Conversation. Links for everything in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in.